Have you ever been placed in an impossible situation? Lucy, my second uh, daughter, when she was about three years old, one morning it was just her and I up, and she asked for breakfast. She said, I want waffles. So we go to the freezer drawer, and I look, and we don't have any waffles. And so I tell my three-year-old, I'm so sorry, but we don't have any waffles. And she looks at me, kind of puzzled, and says, So? I was put in an impossible situation, one that she expected me to get out of. Anytime one of my girls asks me to braid their hair, I am placed in an impossible situation. When the girls are playing dress up and my son comes to me and says, can you put this dress on me? I'm placed in an impossible situation. You've been placed in impossible situations before. And we come into Mark chapter 6. And Jesus puts his disciples in an impossible situation. And he does it on purpose. Now, Mark chapter 6, verse 34 says, A large crowd had started following Jesus, surrounding Jesus. Jesus, filled with compassion, begins to teach them. Picking up in verse 35. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him, to Jesus, and they said, This is a remote place. And it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. And Jesus said to them, You give them something to eat. Now we'll continue with the story in just a second, but let's just recognize the moment. Jesus puts his his disciples in an impossible situation. A very large crowd has gathered around. The disciples, tired and hungry, it would seem, want Jesus to send everyone off so they can go take care of their hunger and their tiredness while they do the same. And Jesus, instead of, of, of giving them permission to do so, says, why don't we take care of the food situation? In fact, why don't you... My disciples take care of this. The impossible situation is exactly when Jesus shines. This is the situation that he wants his disciples. Now, if you are not comfortable being in an impossible situation, you may want to get out of this discipleship thing. And if you're thinking about being a follower of Jesus... And you're not comfortable being in impossible situations. You may want to get out now. Because Jesus wants his disciples in impossible situations. Ministry is impossible. If we think about us as as modern day disciples, it's important for us to know that even in um, these impossible days, and that ministry is impossible. On the best of days and in non-pandemic years, ministry is difficult. But it is outright impossible these days. Outside of just trying to conduct church and, and, and keep a community a cohesive and a virtual social distancing world, ministry is impossible uh, because we're dealing with large crowds of people. 
And, and when we see phrases like that in Scripture, large crowds of people, we have to figure that the people around are coming from all different kinds of places. This isn't like a large family or a large uh, traveling group that just followed Jesus. These are people coming from all around with different families and ideas, different names, different social backgrounds, different socioeconomic statuses, different places in the world. And these large crowds out of their differences create the best being difficult ministry, but it's just impossible. Ministry is impossible. And if you just need one example of that out of Scripture, it's Mark chapter 6. Jesus, we're tired. Jesus, we're hungry. Jesus, there's too many people. Send them away so we can sleep, so we can be fed, and then we can get back to whatever it is we're doing tomorrow. And Jesus says, no. Let's do the impossible. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. Ministry and being a disciple, while impossible, is a ministry and a lifestyle that chooses to embrace the impossibilities, to embrace and to live in the difficulties. When Jesus tells his disciples that you give them something to eat, he is he is taking a step back to allow those that his followers, those that that proclaim him, those those disciples who are following in his footsteps to do the work that he has shown them, shared with them and taught them. He is asking them to now go do the impossible that he has demonstrated already. And being a disciple is more than proclamation and it's more than status and it's more than a checkbook. It is embracing and living in the impossibilities because Jesus looks at us, even his modern day disciples today. And he looks at us and he says, you give them something to eat. Now, before we read on to the rest of the story of Mark Mark 6, excuse me, you need to know this. Because not only must you embrace the impossibilities, you need to know that you will never have enough. You will never have enough. The circumstances will be difficult. The people that you're around can be difficult. The situation's impossible at times. And in all of that, you'll be short-supplied. You won't have enough to do the job. And that's exactly where Jesus wants you. I've been in hospital rooms when someone's gotten bad news, been in hospital rooms after surgeries and after accidents. I've been in the room following someone's passing. I've had to tell family members that their family members passed. I've shared life through funerals. I've comforted those who have received bad news, loss of a job, 
whose family member may have left. I remember one instance, a man knocking on my door, my, my home, like 9 or 10 o'clock at night, trying to find a meal and a place to stay because he had lost everything. Unsure of where to go and what to do, he just stopped at a church and found a home that happened to be mine, wondering what to do. It's impossible. It's difficult. And these moments, these impossibilities and these inadequacies that I have that we all share, they make for an incredibly gut-wrenching, heart-wrenching moments. Ministry is impossible. And it's hard when we don't have what we need. And that's where Jesus wants you. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. And his disciples said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we going to spend that much on bread and then give it to them to eat? Jesus asked, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, we have five and we have two fish. Then Jesus directed them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So the people sat down in groups of hundreds and in fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and they were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. Ministry is impossible and best is difficult. You and I are ill-prepared and will never have enough. Jesus provides in our inadequacies. And I can testify to this. I am not adequate to be your minister or a minister. I I don't have the natural gifts and tools to be a pastor. It doesn't come easy to me at times and there are situations where I just want to run, where I feel out of my skin, I am inadequate. I was going to run from ministry. I never intended to be in a position like this, to be a minister for the Heritage Church. I never had those intentions or those ambitions because of what I believe to be inadequacies. This is, as I reflect on this, has been a theme in my life. I often feel inadequate I often feel uh, um, unable to do the things that maybe are asked of me or the way I think things ought to go. And so very early on, I thought, this is not for me because I could never do, I could never do this. I could never be like that. And I compared myself to uh, my mentor, Todd Gentry. Todd Gentry is the campus minister at Harding University. And Todd and Debbie and the Gentry family they 
They exemplified. They showed me what ministry looks like in church and in community. And in reflection, I think back and I was inadequate and I felt I could never be like them. Do what they do. Have the compassion and the care and the love and also balance family and everything else that comes with this. I felt inadequate to do it. I often feel that way. My inadequacies often creep up in my life. I don't feel like I have the talent or the ability. I don't, I'm not sure if I have the patience at time. I, I just feel that there is a great inadequacy. And here's what I've learned. And this, is, this message may not be for you. It may just be for me. But my prayer is that, that you will find that even in your inadequacies and in your inabilities, that is exactly where God wants you. It's where God wants me. I I felt a calling into ministry that those many years ago that I could not explain. A, a calling to give my career and my adult life full-time congregational ministry. And I pushed against it. I had deep prayers with God about this calling because I am inadequate. I felt that I could not do what I saw lived as a teenager. And I thought that there is no way that I could maintain, even if I could find that gear, maintain it. Over, I felt inadequate in it. And every time I pushed against it, you know what, God? would say to me this is in hindsight and reflection but I believe God was consistently telling me he was saying Travis you are inadequate but I'm calling you anyways God wants me and he wants you in the impossible situation he wants us with the little that we have because he will provide. I often come. I come as your minister heritage. I come into ministry often. I come into most situations in my lives with very little. I got some loaves and I got a couple of fish. It's clearly not going to be enough. This is impossible. I can't do this. And Jesus says, wait. You don't have to. I will provide in your inadequacies. And here's what Jesus does in Mark chapter 6. You give them something to eat. Well, Jesus, I don't know if you've noticed, but we have several thousand people here and we don't have enough food nor money or a buffet to do something that you are asking us to do. And Jesus says, I didn't ask you to figure out I wasn't asking you to be prepared. I was asking you to be in my presence, to be my disciple, to be my follower, my child. That gives faith and hope even in inadequacies and impossible situations.
Jesus provides in our inadequacies. Here's another thing that I've learned in my time as a minister and as one who tries really hard to listen to Jesus. Jesus isn't asking that you do the impossible. He's asking for your compassion. Think about what's going on in Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 verse 34. Jesus sees the large crowd that have been building. Scripture says that he was filled with compassion for them. And so he begins to teach them. Now, when the disciples grow hungry and tired, their reaction to this situation, based on their personal circumstances, is to send people away. And Jesus says, you give them something to eat, because it's not about how, or it's not trying to figure out how you can feed the 5,000, it's about your compassion towards the people. This is exactly where Jesus wants you. He wants you in the impossible situation because in the impossible situation, God can work. Things that are impossible with us humans, God can make happen. With God, anything is possible. You've heard that. Do you believe it? Because God wants you in the hard inadequate moments of your life to turn to him and not figure out how to make the impossible work, but to turn to him filled with compassion. Compassion for the people that don't know, the compassion for the people who are hurting, compassion for the people who are curious, compassion for the people who are there in your midst. Our gut reaction has to stop being Go away. I don't have time for this. I'm hungry and tired myself. Jesus doesn't ask for you to do the impossible. He's asking for you to give compassion. Show compassion. Share your compassion. And you look. Thousands. Thousands of people are dying in a pandemic. Many more are getting sick. There's uncertainty in our day and age of how this will play out. What do we do with a virus that we don't have any protocols or or medicine for? How do we do the how do we live in the social distancing world and and how do we conduct ourselves as we have a lot on our plates? We have a lot of questions and we feel inadequate to live in this new type of world that we are in, and we may feel overwhelmed to the moment that we're like, look. Ministry can wait. The people who say they need help can wait because I have a lot going on here. And Jesus says, I'm not asking you to figure out the impossible situation. Jesus was asking for compassion. And we can feel overwhelmed and we can feel like we don't have it. And we can feel like, look, there's too many people. There's too many things going on. I can't deal with this right now. But we would have missed the point. Jesus wants you there. You see, out of Jesus' love for his Father, out of his love for others, grows this compassion 
that made him aware of his surroundings. And here, from compassion to an awareness, Jesus ministers. And in Mark chapter 6, ministry looks like feeding people, being in their presence for a while longer. But you see, ministry may look different in every situation, but it is out of this love for God and love for others that grew out this compassion that allowed him to be aware of what was going on around him, to minister and to do, to act in this way. Another great mentor in my life, his name's Mark Taylor. He's the executive minister at Memorial Road. He was uh, the preacher at Pleasant Ridge when I first went into full-time ministry out of college. And I adore Mark and Carla, um, the example and the love they have for God and people is has always been encouraging to me. Now, I wrote this down, and this is from many years ago, but many years ago, uh, my friend Mark said, if it's scriptural and legal, Let's try it. If it's scriptural and legal, we got to figure it out. Because we are in an impossible situation, in impossible days, and it's not about trying to be prepared for the impossible situation. It is about our love for God, love for other, the compassion that that swells up in us, that makes us aware of what is going on around us to minister in the moment. What loaves and fish do you have in the moment? Don't worry if it's enough. Worry if your compassion is enough because let's try it anyways. The worst thing that you and I can do, the the most harmful thing we can do to the witness of Jesus Christ is to look around and say, look, if I do that for them or him or her and I can't do it for others, then uh, that's unfair and so I shouldn't do it. Someone once said, do for one what you wish you could do for others because what you do for the one in the moment you may feel is inadequate, but Jesus will use anyways. You may feel like you don't have enough loaves and fish and Jesus says, do what you can in the moment because your compassion and your awareness for the people around you grows from that love for God and other people and you are a minister. A disciple is a minister. And that's who you are. No matter how you might uh, classify or characterize your relationship with Jesus this very day, I want you to know God loves you and he looks at you as one who can be compassionate in every moment and every situation. We can look at this as a hurdle. We can look at this as an impossibility and say, look, we can't do this. Or we can see and listen to what Jesus said and see opportunity. An opportunity to grow our compassion and our awareness to figure out what that means and looks like. And we're going to have great obstacles. Church, our plan, our prayer and hope is, is that very soon we are back together in worship. And out of that, we will be slow and we will be cautious to create safe and sanitary opportunities for us to be back together as a church. And out of that, 
there's going to be impossible situations, opportunities for us to either look at as obstacle or to see opportunity. And we cannot allow the constraints of no building, the constraints of no Sunday home right now, the constraints of a budget, the constraints of our time, the constraints of this and that. We can add and add and we can justify and we can justify it. But if we continue to allow the obstacles to build up, then Mark chapter 6 would have ended with Jesus, no way, no how, move on. And how many thousands of people would not have been ministered to that day if that had been the attitude, the move? Many years ago, my wife Laura and I made an impossible decision that still makes no sense. We decided to be foster parents. We could have children of our own. We did have children of our own. And yet we decided, because we felt God was calling our family to do something impossible, to take children who were in very difficult situations, hard backgrounds, traumatized children, hard places, into our home. We were inadequate. We were ill-prepared. We didn't know what we were doing. That's exactly where God wanted us. It was a journey of a decade of taking in children and loving them as hard as we could for the time that we had them. Doing what we thought was right in the moment because we loved our God and we loved the people around us and these children that came into our homes and that compassion led us to be aware of a need And we figured out how to minister out of it. I think Mark chapter 6 may be the model for us. Figuring out what it looks like to be a church community. To be the heritage church in North Edmond. And a pandemic and a social distant new world that we are clearly in and transitioning to. We can allow the obstacles to pile up or out of compassion. We can be aware of opportunities and we can act. My prayer is that when Jesus said, you give them something to eat, that we as a church and as individuals, we will act.